Hey, this is Pam Perry, and I am so excited today. You know, I'm always talking about Black journalists, and I love Black journalists. Black journalists matter, right? I've been saying it way before the hashtags where Black Lives Matter and Black Voices Matter. I've just always said that because I love journalists, and I really love print journalists. I won't say that they're the real journalists, but I will say that they were probably the first journalists, right? Because print came before broadcast. But anyway, right after this, I'm going to bring up Danielle, who is with the Chicago News Weekly. All right. And I'll bring her up after this. I'm so excited because she is the real deal. All right. So right after this, I'm going to bring up Danielle. Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy Award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, so you hear that the whole thing, like how to get uh, booked in media places and on superstar stages. And so all of us have a story and the best storytellers are those journalists. And so I have the managing editor, I'll bring up Danielle of the Chicago News Weekly. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Uh, I just it, it's so Detroit and Chicago we're like sister cities, so we're we're like we're like cool like that. But I That's realized right. right off the bat that you had a couple of our uh, reporters, Mike Matera, who used to be in um, in the Michigan Detroit Michigan market, is now in Chicago market. Mm-hmm. And then I, I said before we got started we have a friend in common that you also work with in terms of doing this content creation, Cedric McDougal. So yeah. So tell us about what you're doing with Cedric in terms of the summer Oasis music festival, which is uh, like this big thing that happens in Idlewild for the last few years or so. Yes. I work with Cedric on the summer Oasis music festival. I handle his social media and marketing uh, for the festival and he brought me in a few years ago and I had never glamped. I, I don't consider myself an outdoor person, but <laughs> I saw his setup and I got completely hooked and I did this Moroccan style tent and it's gone. I've gone overboard every year. So it's one of my favorite things about the summer. So I'm always there. So you got to tell people what glamping is because I didn't know what glamping was until I met Cedric McDougal. So tell us what glamping is because black people don't get into camping pretty much like as a general rule, I'll just say that. So glamping is that next level. So tell them about that. It is definitely next level. It is five-star camping. It is literally making your outdoor space just as comfortable and luxurious as you would your home or your uh, outdoor living space. And I can tell you based on the attendance, it's more of us doing glamping than we think. You know, we're all getting into it. When you come to Summer Oasis, some of those setups are incredible. And the creativity that you see from us is amazing. I love it. I love everything about it. 
and it's and it's at the it's in Idlewild, and it's every summer. It's a Idlewild is in Michigan. It's like one of those. It was like the first, I guess you would say, retreat center for um, African Americans, and so Cedric is kind of like bringing that back. You know, bringing sexy yeah. back into Idlewild, and and it's parties, it's 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 music, it's just you know, I don't know how we can really drop it. it you know like really make it better every year but i hear that he has and i will go says you can listen to this podcast i will be at the next one okay i promise i will because now daniel is like got me all excited about yes you gotta go you gotta go so yes yeah, so that is one of the things so tell us about your journalism career we were talking a little bit about it and uh really one of the main things <laughs> people to know about journalists and why i do this is that journalists are real people they have real dreams. They have a love for words, obviously, for writing and, and that kind of thing. But a lot of times when you're starting out in journalism, you don't make a whole lot of money. It's a glamour career. So that people just feel, oh, it's a glamour career. So I don't have to pay people a whole lot of money. So tell them a little bit about where you started and then where you are right now. Well, like I said, I, I started out uh, always loving to write and loving um, writing, but I was scared to do it. I was a uh, recently divorced um, single mom of three, so I actually started out banking, but I would write on the side via my own blog, my own website, and I would freelance. And it wasn't until uh, a few years ago that I decided to take the plunge and and do something that I was passionate about. I really felt at a certain point in my life that I was stable and I wanted to pursue my own personal dream and, and telling our stories and, and reporting the news from our perspective is something I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And what you said right there, telling stories from um, our perspective. And so the black press um, is something that I'm very passionate about because that's just how we, we have to tell our stories. Black press, black radio, all those type of things. Speakers magazine um, is a my magazine. It's a black magazine. You know, we had this one here with uh, Stephanie Mills on the cover right here. Um, she has a, a yeah. you know that kind of thing. But it's always something that we want to do. So your career, you were always freelancing while you were um, before you took the full plunge, and so you were at um, Real Times Media. And so tell us what you were doing there and then how it really evolved into Chicago News Weekly. And, and really the, 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 yeah. the purpose of it, um, how it's different, you know, between all the different, I guess you say the African-American newspapers. Mm -hmm. Well, I started out, I was working as the managing editor of the Chicago Defender and the national news manager for Real Times Media. So mm -hmm. Real Times Media owns uh, Michigan Chronicle, Chicago Defender, New Pittsburgh Courier, and the Atlanta Daily World. So I handled the national news for those publications and then ran the editorial side of the Chicago Defender, all which are legacy publications. The Chicago Defender has been in print or digital now, uh, but has been in existence for over a hundred years. So mm -hmm. it was a great honor to to manage that paper and be part of that legacy. And then um, leaving uh, that position to to come to another uh, black owned, black woman owned new physical newspaper 
um, that's based here in the city of Chicago. It, I, I got excited just at the uh, idea of starting something new and giving Chicago, particularly Black Chicago, an uh, actual physical paper again, mm -hmm. because we haven't had one in so long. So I'm super passionate about Black media and working for Black-owned publications. So I'm able to still do what I love with a company that I love. That is so cool. And it's a tab. It's a tabloid. And I talked about that earlier that I love the the size of a tabloid that, that matters to me. Like, you know, there was an ebony that was full, eight and a half by 11. Then there was Jed. I always like Jed. It was smaller. You know, that was just my thing. And then so with this, it's it's a weekly, obviously, Chicago News Weekly. And then do you cover in terms of beat, um, in, in terms of staff, if people were to pitch you, you know, which people do. Let me just say this real quick. There was a journalist today, uh, Danielle, that says, oh, I can't, I can't take it. You know, I had 85 pitches, um, it, you know, 85 pitches in my DM. I don't like pitches in my DM. And I have, you know, hundreds of, of other type of um, pitches that aren't my beat or whatever. She's, and she was like, I'm just exhausted. And and she was just kind of like really just going off. And I was like, it, 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 Ki, I can't pronounce her name, but Kiera, I think is her name. And I was like, listen, okay, just like you have a job and you got to put out stories, these publicists, they got people on their back, like, get me a story, get me a story. So they're going to pitch, they're going to DM, they're going to do whatever they have to do because they got people yelling at them to get a story. <laughs> but I understand that you have to know the beat of the people. You just can't be throwing stuff out there. You can't be a lazy PR person and just like, oh, let me just select all and send it to everybody. That's that's just irritating. Right. So kind of tell us about the different sections that you have yes. at Chicago, Chicago News Weekly. Well, Chicago News Weekly is, uh, like I said, a weekly publication focusing on the news in Chicago from a, a Black perspective, African-American perspective, we cover local news, uh, local politics, national news, lifestyle, entertainment, arts and culture, Black history, um, sports, <laughs> you name it, health, wow. uh, dollars and cents. Uh, so it is really a robust newspaper with different perspectives. We are very fortunate to have a great staff that is based here in Chicago. They live in these neighborhoods. They work in these neighborhoods. They're tapped in to the community so they're able to report from a very authentic place and report mm -hmm. what's important to us. And it's also about presenting a different narrative of what Black Chicago looks like, especially because we are talked about on a national stage, um, depending on which politician you listen to. So it's important for us when we talk about, you know, communities like Inglewood and the South Side, what good is happening here because there's so much good happening on the south side and there is community um here on the south and west sides of chicago and that is stuff that's not presented uh in mainstream media those images those stories about our entrepreneurs our children who are doing amazing things the businesses that are popping up in our area so those are the stories we like to tell uh with the paper and I, there's also uh within Chicago, there's like Hyde Park, right? That's an area. And then there's Bronzeville, I guess there's, that's another area. Um, and then there's other, do you assign reporters by, based on location 
or based on the the topic so how are you you know is it like is it like financial no our mm-hmm. we have uh, beat reporters so okay. we have people who are assigned some cover arts and culture all around the city some cover local news around the city and then we have other reporters who are neighborhood based um okay. who will cover some of the surrounding suburbs and some of the other neighborhoods but so many of us are kind of if you're on the south side i'm in high park woodlawn south shore chatham I'm there every day <laughs> in these areas. So we're all pretty well versed in these communities uh, enough that we we can report on them. Okay. So this is a question that I always try to tell people. I said, you know, the days of roving reporters is probably not like what it was years ago, like when I first started out in journalism. Um, so how do you get your stories? You could be in the neighborhood. You could be a roving reporter running around trying to see what's going on and talking to people on the street. But how do you get your stories and how do you like to get your stories? Um, we, there are a few different ways. Some, we we are connected to community leaders, activists, advocates, community organizations that will you know, let us know what's happening in the communities. A lot of us are already involved in our local school councils, uh, our um, uh, business development organizations in those areas. And then it's really a lot of just how tapped in you are, Um, whether you're talking to your neighbors, your church members, uh, seeing things on social media. Um, Those are the stories that we like to kind of pull in. Sometimes I will be on my Facebook page and I'll hear friends talking about a new business that may have opened up in in the Auburn Gresham area and we'll go check it out. Um, I think you get the best stories when you're tapped into your community and talking to people um, and showing up at town hall meetings, community meetings, block club meetings uh, and little events um, through your local aldermen or politicians and connecting with the business leaders, the entrepreneurs um, in those areas, and you will get stories that way. It's a very organic way of Mm -hmm. um, finding stories that are authentic, finding stories that aren't really told uh, by mainstream. And and I think our our readers appreciate that because the people we profile or or talk about could be their neighbors. It could be somebody they know down the street and, and they like, you know, seeing those stories. Stories. We will give you the what's happening with the government and the city, but you know, in this kind of news cycle where everything's bad, you know, people want to see. They want to hear some good news. They want some good yes. news. So we like to make sure that we have that balance. I like that. I, I like the fact there was a, a couple of local newspapers that um, I was a part of. One was um, Soul Source. And that was years ago. And basically it was inserted in the Michigan Chronicle. It was years mm-hmm. ago. So when Sam Logan was there, it was years ago. And um, it basically was like church news, kind of like what was going on and, you know, different ministries that folded. And then there was another one called The Hub Detroit. And it's really, people want to be in the newspaper, but they also have to support it. They have to subscribe or they have to buy advertising. And so that was one of the things, right. the hub, it had great news. People love being in it. They love seeing themselves in it. Um, but 
it didn't survive because it needed advertising. Mm-hmm. So how is the um, the distribution? Are you a free um, paper or people subscribe or is a combination of both and to people advertise or do you have something now, Danielle, which is um, advertorials? Advertorials is what speakers is. Speakers is advertorials mm-hmm. because primarily we're we're promoting speakers. So advertorials is like, it's like advertising, but it looks like editorial. So how is it so that it can sustain, mm-hmm. Chicago News Weekly can sustain itself? What what business model are you all working with? We, we are a free publication. So um, we do not charge people uh, to pick up our papers unless they want them mailed to their homes. Then right. that's a subscription service, an annual subscription service. But we do um, have a, really good uh, relationship with our advertisers, local yeah. businesses in the community, um, city uh, organizations, and some of the politicians, political leaders, government leaders, business leaders, um, conferences, health fairs. Those are all advertisements that come through our paper that help to create revenue and keep our paper sustained. We've been growing steadily um, and increasing our distribution uh, every week since we since we launched in September, so we've been getting a lot of support uh, from the community, which is really really um, exciting and promising that people see the value in what we do and are willing to invest in it because that's it's a relationship. We like to call it an ecosystem where, especially mm-hmm. with our small businesses, um, where we are promoting your brand and in turn you are promoting our product and our paper um, because you see the value in it. So we we look at those relationships as as um, partners, uh, yeah. not necessarily just clients. Right, right. It's not transactionalist relation, relationships. And so the Black press is really, yeah. really important. And actually having that physical paper is real important. I always say that you know, digital is, is great. Obviously, we're always going to have that. But when you can actually take mm-hmm. the actual paper and put it up and take it with you and read in the doctor's office, wherever it is, you know what I'm saying? It's just like I picked up one today. We have one called the Metro Times. I picked it up today and it was the best of. It was the best of Detroit. Now, I could sit in hours in front of yeah. my computer and probably read it or I can just flip through it and actually have it and cut stuff out and all, all that kind of stuff. So, so there's the other thing I want to ask you, Danielle. So in terms, of a lot of times, newspapers now or even just publications just in general they're doing like a lot of event driven things so you've got the local news and def- definitely you're tapping into the community you're sharing um, the story from the black perspective politics especially oh my god you're definitely going to be needed during this time after we just what we heard the other day but do you see yourself doing events sponsored events where like um g- give you example like essence it has essence festival right and black enterprise has a black enterprise um, conference or the real times they have, you know, who's who or, you know, the top 40 under 40 event driven things make another um, revenue stream for mm-hmm. news for newspapers. Do you all see that coming up soon or, or yeah. what do you, do you see? Yes. Okay. All I'm right. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, ho- I'm hoping we eventually will do something like that. I don't know if I want to approach it um, from necessarily almost like a fundraising or, you know, revenue generating from sponsors and things like that is great. But if we do any kind of uh, celebration, I definitely want it rooted 
and celebrating the people in the community um, mm -hmm. more than more so than just a money-making opportunity. And I think that involves us, you know, establishing ourselves uh, in this market, making those relationships. It's really about relationships and building that trust um, and that credibility. Before, I don't want to be, you know, an organization that's constantly asking, asking, asking. We want to be giving. We want to be pouring into our community and doing things that we think benefit them. And all the time, those don't always need to have um, a cost of revenue kind of generating um, model to it. Um, I think eventually we'll get there, but I think using some of our larger sponsors, larger corporate sponsors, um, is more beneficial to tap into than going to some of the smaller businesses that might not have as, as many resources um, and allowing them to be celebrated um, mm -hmm. more than just um, asking for money all the time. <laughs> so yeah. we, I, I think that's a matter of something we need to kind of look at as we kind of grow and evolve as a, as a publication. But it's definitely something that I see happening in the future. Yeah, that is that's that's part of it as well. One of the things that um, I think McDonald's um, used to do a gospel festival, and um, a lot of the times they would partner. I'm trying to think in Detroit that we don't we didn't doesn't do it anymore. But I think the newspaper I think would put it on. Then McDonald's would be the sponsor, and it'd be like McDonald's Gospel Fest or something like that. But it was promoted through the newspaper, and so obviously that was an event the community loved and all that kind of stuff. We had. Clark sisters, Fred Hammond, all the the Winans, all those kind of people in Detroit, right? That was that was right. probably you all had the same thing too, um, as well. But in terms of your uh, journalism, I guess you would say next is there. Do you see a part of the paper also growing into digital, like having its own? I won't say its own podcast because that's that, but like its own television station or its own. Uh, I guess you would say, give, give an example. So say, for instance, Rolling Out, it's a magazine. It used to be a magazine, used to have a tab, but now they're more or less like interactive. And then, you know, interactive one, that whole thing. So do you see that as part of what newspapers are really up doing next? Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a publication, you got to you gotta stay current. Mm -hmm. um, so... Like I said, we're a print publication. We'll be launching a digital platform soon. From there, we'll be launching a podcast and possibly, you know, some video series. But we like yeah. to have all of those. But then you're tapping yeah. into different demographics. You know, there's some people like me that love to hold books and hold papers and read them. I love that. And there are others like my kids who like to use that phone and get it on the go. So we mm -hmm. want to be able to provide the news in a variety of ways that people can consume. Um, so we're able to stay true to our roots and also stay current um, and moving along with the times. I think that's very important for our survival um, mm -hmm. as far as mm -hmm. in this marketplace. Cool. I love that. I love that. I figured you would. So I, I didn't I didn't prep you yeah. before that. So I was just like, I figured, I figured you would. Now, there is a <laughs> conference that you and maybe the team, your advertising team, could go to or even you as well. It's called the Niche Media Event, Niche Media. And basically mm -hmm. what it is, is local newspapers that are niche within their local community or a niche within an ethnic group or just a niche within a niche. And it's called Niche Media. And basically 
they're talking um, programmatic advertising, right? This whole, I had never heard of that word like programmatic advertising. What is that? You know, and basically yeah. it was like, it was online. It was this, it was, it was the whole thing, but I will send you that information, but it's really created for, you know, newspapers like you, it's niche media. And then when I say it's probably about, I don't know, 300 or so um, publishers from across the country. And probably I would say there were maybe five African-Americans, but they, mm -hmm. they were learning from wow. each other about how to position and pivot and advertise and promote and the new way. So I will definitely send you that information because it's not like they're trying yes, to hold please. back from it. It's just that we didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. And it's been going on for many, many years. The last one was in DC. So it was yeah. in an area that, you know, we go to and then, the next year, I think it's going to be in New Orleans. So it's it's in areas. It's mm. not like it's in Washington State or anything like that. So it's in it's in areas where it's no, popular. So I was I will send you that. Uh, I want to just say real quick, yeah, collaboration. Yeah, I want to say hi to Diamond and Afia. They joined us as well. They were they are joining us as well. Um, like I have Danielle Sanders. She just became, I guess it just became, but the, the, the Chicago newsweekly.com is relatively new. You know, it's, it's, it's in the first trimester, I guess you would say it's in the yeah. first trimester. And it's like, it, it came on yes. the scene and she said it's been growing ever since. And the political scene is probably the hottest part of it. Um, that, cause I know Chicago had a very, very, uh, duking out period of time yeah you know so i know you all were busy busy yeah. busy but the um so i just wanted yeah. to make sure christian cook just joined just joined us as well so christian's going to be emailing you as well she lives in chicago and she's an author of a book yeah, please do. Uh, yes yes and uh, she went to columbia uh and so she's a, she's a writer she loves writing that sort of thing i love what you said though about your career when you said you started that while you were working at the bank you were always writing stories. You were always freelancing as well. What type of oh, yeah. stories or, yeah. or what is the best type of stories you like to write? Is it is it investigative? Is it feature? What was like your favorite story that you broke or, or wrote or who you met? Um, I started out as a music and entertainment reporter. And oh, I funny. remember the first time I was asked I was asked to cover politics and I was so scared because I didn't know if I wanted to do that. But Ooh, politics um, in Chicago is rough. <laughs> the more, yeah, the more I would write, the more I would meet so many interesting people. And one that comes to mind is uh, an attorney uh, named Jared Adams, who's here in Chicago. And he was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he didn't commit, served mm. over 10 years in prison, became an attorney. And now he helps get uh, other wrongfully convicted Black people um, out of jail. And he had a book oh, called yeah. From Defendant to Defender. And I just love telling his story so oh, much um, yeah. because those are the those stories of our strength and our resilience and our perseverance. And those are the kind of stories that excite me. You know, I've mm -hmm. been very blessed to interview celebrities and the vice president and you know people like that but it's always the people that are from my neighborhood that look like me that grew up the same way i grew up that have gone through things and succeeded in spite of you know i always tell people i'm a girl from the south side you know who 
most wouldn't think I'd be interviewing the vice president at some time in my career. So I think mm. I am a textbook case of it's never too late. You know, I began this journey full time as a journalist in my 40s. So <laughs> it's never too late to pursue what you love and to, to live your dream and live your passion. And I like to tell stories that I think um, either educate, inspire, entertain, or uplift. Um, mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. like a lot of fast journalism. I don't like a lot of clickbait, but I do want you to leave um, feeling inspired or learning something different or, or, you know, being introduced to somebody that you didn't know or seeing a mm -hmm. different version of yourself as well um, in, in the reporting that we do. And I'll use my first assignment was to curate our election edition. And mm -hmm. we did an entire paper on the midterms that just went through every single race and identify what these candidates stand for when it comes to issues that concern the black community, us. And I had a lady come up to me after church and she said, I took that paper with me in the voting booth. It was so oh helpful my God. to me. Thank you so much. And I now those that. are that's when I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. that's the reward, you know. That I love that. That is so cool. She said, I took this with me because because the trust factor. And I always tell people, I said, journalists have to vet things. And so there's the journalism integrity. There's the ethics. Um, you know, obviously not all journalists probably abide by it, but it is something that if you are a journalist, you're, you're taught that. That's like part of your, your training and not just like, oh, yeah. like you said, it's not just clickbait, but it's actually like you're taking the time to vet the story. So one of the, the you, you reminded me when you said that um, a storyteller, uh, Karen Hunter, who's on SiriusXM, The Urban View, and you know, the Karen Hunter Show, she was a journalist. And I guess she, I guess she still is a journalist, but she's a radio show host now. But she kind of loved telling stories and then went into writing books like ghostwriting books. Mm -hmm. Do you see that in your future? Like, you know, doing ghostwriting. I think one of the first books she did was LL Cool J. I think it was one of the ones that she did, but she's done a lot of celebrity uh, books. Yeah. That's, that's actually one of my, my, my bucket list goals yeah. <laughs> is yeah. to write a book. Um, like I said, I started off um, covering the Chicago music scene, particularly the house music scene and that culture. Um, mm -hmm. So I would love to do something on that. There's so many things that talk about the 1980s and 90s, but, you know, we still have a very um, vibrant um, new scene here. We even have one of our house DJs that was just nominated for a Grammy um, wow. for working on the Beyonce Break My Soul remix. So there's still yeah. a very vibrant new uh, music scene here. Um, mm -hmm. So I would love to do something like that. Um, but at some point, a book is definitely in my future. <laughs> yeah, that that is. I mean, it's storytelling. It's storytelling. And I remember Karen Honey talking about when she was doing LL Cool J, she just had to interview him. So it's obviously a little bit longer than just a story, than an article. You got to do an entire book. And she went on and she did Janet Jackson. She did a whole bunch of people, you know, just really from the standpoint that she's a good listener. And then has a way with words. Mm -hmm. And that's really like the, the whole point of really being a good journalist or being a good ghostwriter or a co-author. You basically is a co-author with them. You're listening to them and then you put your name on there as well. But yeah, that's that's the thing that I would um, 
could see you doing maybe one day is um, working with um, one of the Obama girls, like helping them ghostwrite a book. <laughs> that would be cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one of them is like, and I think oh, people forget like listening is a huge part of being a great journalist. Mm -hmm. Listening. Mm -hmm. And like I always tell our, our staff writers, it, it's about when you find a story, what's the story within the story? Yeah. I need people to go beyond the surface and pull out something unique and special because we we're truth tellers, we're storytellers. So I don't want our stories to sound like mainstream media. They should never sound the same. They should always have our, our I always say that seasoning. <laughs> it should mm -hmm. always have our seasoning on it. So mm -hmm. I, I encourage, and we work with a lot of young emerging journalists here. And it's a beautiful thing to just kind of see them grow and, and get more confident in their writing. And you see it um, as you watch their reporting kind of, um, improve their their eye and their ear gets very fine-tuned and i think people you know it's a good thing to find stories but it's also about going deeper and asking more questions so i would say journalists with kids that always ask too many questions because i sure was one of them <laughs> they want to be they're nosy they don't just walk past something it's like i'm always curious i'm nosy i want to know what's going on it's like i'm going to be observant my peripheral view is very keen. It's like I'm looking at what's going around me all, all around. So in terms of the deadline with the weekly, just so that people can kind of understand, are you more or less like um, assigning stories on Monday and then by Friday they're done or you're finishing up on Monday? Give us a little bit of the, the schedule. So our paper comes out every Wednesday. Um, we have deadlines depending on, we like to have everything in and ready to go to print by Monday, but depending on like an election day, we were down to the wire Tuesday night. I was here Ooh. until 11 o'clock trying to finish things up. Um, but for the most part, we do assign some stories and then some of our writers pitch, uh, stories that they want to do. Um, depending on what the story is. They may need a week, they may need two, they may need longer if it's an investigative piece. So we meet uh, every week to discuss what, what we want to write about, what we think is important to write about, and we plan around that. So my mm -hmm. job is to make sure that every article that is included in our weekly publication is done with intention. Um, so we have conversations and it's really wonderful to sit in the room with writers and editors and just see that creativity go back and forth. And we, we debate <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes we, we will, you know, why is this important? Why do you want to do this? So it's never um, pitching stories and explaining why you want to cover a story, why something's important to cover we want to hear it. So we have some very intense discussions sometimes, sometimes hilarious discussions, but um, we usually get things in by Monday evening. Okay. Um, we review everything on Tuesday. That evening it goes to print. It comes out on Wednesday and we start distribution. Oh <laughs> and then we God. do it all over again yeah. Thursday. <laughs> do it all over again. It's just like, it is relentless. It is, but you got to love it. You have, you have to love I it. Do. And so the, the thing that I wanted people to, to really hear is that you are trying to serve something up 
for your audience that will educate, inspire, and uplift. And if, if you're pitching, uh, Danielle, if it doesn't fit that mold, then mm-hmm. probably there's something that she's not going to really try to fight to get into the paper. It's right. only something you put in the paper. So you have to make sure that you're fitting that. And then I want people to know to become familiar with it. So they can go to chicagonewsweekly.com and actually look at it and hear the tone, watch, see the tone, look at the feed, look at the bylines. I always tell people, follow them on Twitter, you know, because yes. they're on there as well. Um, and just to see, because you put your stories out on Twitter. So we see them on Twitter. So you know what you're writing about. And even do you have op-eds? Do you do opinion editorials from the community as well? We so do. that's another We have um, experts. Um, it's actually, our website is cnwmedia.com. Um, and that's where we are online. We will be going fully digital. Um, we'll have a digital platform by the end of the year um, and have our physical paper um, come out. We'll be doing both <laughs> starting 2023. So I'm super excited about that. But yes, we anything that goes in that paper, we think is important for the Black community to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also encourage our readers to send us stuff. We tell them, you guys know people, you guys know business owners, you guys know authors, you guys know uh, certain advocates and activists. I always tell people, send me an email. Let me know if there's mm-hmm. something that you think it, we should be covering. Is this something, you know, obviously we have a staff, but it's 77 neighborhoods in Chicago. So we, we're not going to, you know, know everything. So we do rely on our readers as well to keep us informed and let us know what you want to see, what you expect from us as journalists. I think, you know, I look at this profession. It, it's not just a job. I, I see it as service. and. I want to be of service to my community and we want to be of service with the work that we put out. We want our community to see the value in it. We want them every week to say, I want to know what's happening that concerns me. And I said, even if it's reported on a CNN or your you know, local big paper here in Chicago, if you want to know what we think about it, you know, what Black Chicago thinks about it, then you need to come to Chicago News Weekly. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I was looking at the website too. So you're going to have like, it's cnwmedia.com, but you you can also get to Chicago News Weekly as well, dot com. Mm -hmm. Right right now as, as well. So that is good. That is good. So it has been, we went a little bit over, but it was just so good. It was just so good. But uh, Danielle, thank you so much. And if they want thank to reach you. out to you directly, what email is best for you? Uh, it is Danny, D-A-N-I-E, Sanders official at gmail.com. And that Danny Sanders official is where you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. So Cool. Got your brand. That's your, that is your name. That is your name. So Danny uh, official, um, Danny Sanders official.com as well. So yes. Yeah, so hopefully I will meet you in person and not in this little box at the, next, know, right? at, at the next glamping event in Idlewild. Yes. So yes. that is definitely something that I will put on my list to do in 2023. Every so, third you. week in August, we, we come to Idlewild and I call it summer camp for, for grown-ups. We have yes. the best time. And Cedric will tell you, like, we're in a little competition because he always has his extravagant tent. But 
I tell people it's not a hot dogs and hamburgers kind of thing. No, it's steak no. and lobster tail and lamb chops. Like it's fancy, fancy. It <laughs> fancy. When I said, I said, that is amazing. This is outside. So it's like, it's a whole culture thing. It's a movement. It is. It's a it's movement. So, so thank you so much for joining us today. Danielle Sanders. I'm Pam Perry. And I'm out. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch in order to be considered in media places or superstar stages. PamPerryPR.com, where we help you shine like a superstar.